Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to the Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we share the light on issues that matter in the urban community. Hit us up at www.youtube.com forward slash
welcome back to the Urban Wire, episode 26. You know, I had to get it together, you know. So, you know, I had to bring you guys in with a little bit of Mary Mary today. And, you know, I'm just sitting, sitting here feeding my face right now, you know, because so, you know, we got a lot to talk about these next couple hours, you know, so I got to get me some nourishment so I can deal with some of these crazy topics that we're going to deal with tonight. So we're going to go straight to the lines. Um, 812, is this Michael? Yes, it is. How are you doing this evening? Oh, pretty good. Doing pretty well. That's good to hear. Well, we're about to open up the chat room for those who want to join us there. Um, so feel free to join us in there if you want to log on to blogtalkradio.com slash UCOFW. Um, we have a lot to discuss tonight. And um, one of the things we're going to be discussing is we're going to do a review on Pride, Indy Pride, and how that was last weekend. Um, we got an exclusive interview with Russ Parr um, that we taped um, this past Friday night. So you want to keep it locked. We're going to have that in the second hour. We're going to have Miss DeAndra come in around um, 10, 30, or 11. You know, she's going to give you um, what's going on in the entertainment world. You know, she's going to keep it real. She's going to keep it hood. So if you don't like what she has to say, then I suggest you flip the channel. But a lot of times we want to um, kind of like ignore the truth. But, you know, she's going to keep it real. So, I mean, we're going to talk about Bishop Betty Long today. We're going to talk about the Wiener Man. We'll talk about Beanie Weenie Man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're not going to go there. Uh, we'll talk about Jumbo Frank, the Wieners. Okay, never mind. <laughs> we can make a we show on that all on our own. Yeah, we're gonna have a really interesting show tonight. Um, so we're gonna start it off with uh, Michael. I said, "What? What? So what's been going on with you uh, recently? And anything you would like to, re- you know, share with the audience?" Uh, nothing really to write home about. Still working on some more stuff for my website. And uh, trying to push that along, sunrisehumanity.com. And uh, with summer getting here, you know, everything's just a lot busier. So it's been a little harder to get myself cornered long enough to work on some of that stuff. But other than that, just trying to enjoy nice weather when we when you can. You know, and I've been, you know, it's the same way too. You know, you know, you're constantly on the go. This past weekend was very busy for me. I mean, yeah. All the parties going on, the events going on, things I had to cover. Um, You know, it it was just a really busy weekend, but it was really fun, a fun weekend. So I just want to uh, let you guys know that, you know, we're going to have some good content for you today. Um, If you're not aware, Michael does have a uh, page as well on YouTube, sunrisehumanity.com. You guys need to get on there and subscribe. You know, um, and start watching those videos. We have a YouTube page too at um, YouTube.com/slash/ucofw. We're on Twitter. Um, we also have a group page on Facebook, which people are starting to slowly join that. So we want to appreciate you guys for that, our supporters. 
And those who are new, just get on board. You know, call us at uh, area code 646-915-8200, or you can send us um, questions on our Facebook. Um, trying to see what else we have going on. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I think I'm going to go really quick to jump into one more song really quick, and then we're going to jump right into what we had to talk about today. So keep it locked. Um, we're going to start off with the new, with the latest uh, release from Mary J. Blige. I think you guys are going to like this one, um, featuring Lil Wayne and uh, P. Diddy. So um, this one's called Someone to Love. So um, once again, hit us up at 646-915-8200, and we will be back right after this. Let's get it, people. Edge Martinez with the Queen. Gave a lot of my life to the public, but y'all don't really know. It's that Mary J. Blige naked mix. It's a shame that y'all put me in such a box. Great. Hey, yo, Mary. I want you to talk to him like you're supposed to. Come on. Thank you. 
first of all, I want to give a shout out to we got a couple people in the chat room. Guest four, I think four zero nine six four, and guest four one two five seven. I want to thank you guys for joining us today. If you want to, um, just feel free to um, leave your comments in the room about what what we're talking about, and I'll read them on air. Or if you want to, just call in at our number six four six nine one five eighty two hundred. Um, once again, um, our chat room is open, so send in your comments, questions, and concerns. Um, also, we are going to go to the lines. We have another caller. We're going to see if they have anything to say before we jump into our topic this evening. Um, 664, do you have a question or a comment, or are you just listening at this point? I guess they're just listening. All right. Um all right, we're going to jump right into things. Now, you have to be living under a rock if you had not heard about this congressman named Mr. Wiener Snitchell. <laughs> you have to be living under a rock if you haven't heard about this, about the congressman that was sending those naked pictures. You know, um, I don't know, was he sitting on... Like, uh, was he sitting on Twitter or was he just texting them over over the phone? Uh, do you know? I thought that I had read it had something to do with Twitter. Twitter, yeah. But see, you know, I mean, I'm really Michael's more uh, caught up on this subject than I am. You know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna allow him to tell you about this if if that's okay. Because I mean, I don't know. I just I don't know. So do you do you know much about that situation? Uh, the best that I could tell was he had sent pictures of himself shirtless and pictures of himself in a prodigious state in his underwear. Mm. And uh, to my knowledge, it, and I think he actually sent a naked one of his genitalia as well. That. Wow. Uh, and what I was able to gather off reading online. And, oops, caught up to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, it's kind of, to me, like, and this is just my general take on it, like, it's kind of difficult for me to feel sorry for anyone that is in that particular office. And you have this, uh, you know, this amount of notoriety, and people know who you are, you know, and... You know, for you, and it's not like you're single, right, to where you can do what you want to do. You can get your freak on and do whatever. You know what I'm saying? It, you, it's not like that. You have a family. You're married. And honestly, let me tell you, you are too old to be online sending naked pictures. Nobody want to see your old ass. I'm sorry. Don't nobody want to see that shit. I'm so. I mean, you know, I mean, nobody wants to see that. And that's so inappropriate. What message are we sending? You know, we're supposed to. You know, they're supposed to be the leader of the community, and this is the message that they're sending out to people. Like, this is okay. This is socially acceptable, you know, to where, you know, you know, our leaders are supposed to lead us, and they're supposed to do us right, you know. And from what I hear now, um, they're going to be looking into, you know, has he used government, you know, um, like property, like the computers and stuff like that, um, or government, like resources to send out those types of pictures too, because 
he never really answered the question or entertained the question about, you know, whether or not he actually um, sent that type of stuff, you know, online like that. So, you know, it's just to me, I just, I really feel like with him lying, it's really going to catch up with him. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. I just, I really think this is going to be one of those situations where it's, it's already humiliating for him and his family. But, you know, it's going to be even more humiliating if he gets into deeper trouble. You know what I'm saying? Because he's already in trouble with Mrs. Um, Mrs. Weiner. Yeah. I, I don't even know what sound right. That sounds like a transgender, a bad Anyway, <laughs> like, she's going to cut off his winner, you know, and he's going to be winnerless when she gets done with him. Like, seriously. Yeah, I've noticed. You know, have you seen pictures of her? She is. She's beautiful. She's a beautiful lady. Wow. I've seen pictures uh, online. I'm, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna give a shout out to um, guest four one six six five and guest four one seven four seven that just joined the chat room. Um, feel free to call in at six four six four six nine one five. 8200. We want to thank you guys for tuning in into the chat room. Um, we have another caller. We're going to go to go to the line. Um, um, 828, um, do you have a comment or a question? What's up, brother? Uh, wait a minute. Is this JR? This is JR. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the show, JR. It's been a long time since you've been on here, so what Man, I mean, it, it, in all honesty, 
this guy, I don't, I, I don't even know about him. I, I, I was listening to a radio show. I know absolutely nothing about the guy. But I was listening to this radio show, and they were talking about, you got to look at the bigger picture. Why is this making news, you know? And right. uh, what they were saying is, take a look at the committees that he's a part of, mm-hmm. you know, what he's voted on while he's been in Congress and what he's voted against and which enemies has he made, you know? And that's why they're going after him, you know? And ironically, what's that? Who's that, like, was that Pelosi that says, like, they're going to be looking into, like, um, see if he's, like, done this before in the past or something like that? Who was that that said they're going to be... They're gonna. They're thinking about really going after this man and digging up some old shit on him to see if he. Yeah. 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 I do believe it was Pelosi, but but uh, mm-hmm. you know he's got he's got the hierarchy in the Democratic Party turning their backs on him now. The guy. The guy's wow. done. You know, politically, the guy is done. And you know, I mean, there, there's got to be more to it than just that. Maybe, maybe he burnt a few bridges. God knows I know how to do that. Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe he uh, ruffled a few feathers. God knows I know how to do that, too. You know, but this guy, there's, there's a bigger reason why this is making such news. Well, yeah. I think, too, anytime you look at politics, you know, half of the politicians, I'm sure probably even a little bit more of them are do it, probably more than half have done this too. It's just there's a select few that get caught at it. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, this is uh, like the old, uh, you guys ever remember uh, going to the circus as a kid? They got that house magician. And, yeah. you know, he's sitting there telling you, look at my right hand, don't pay no attention to the left hand, you know? As he's pulling mm-hmm. his fingers, thing, that's what's going on, man. There, there's, there's something else. They, I, mean, I mean, every politician has done this. You know, every politician has done this. But you know, it's uh, well, you got, you got to look at this. He, he's part. God, I wish I could remember the committees that I read. He was a part of. Unfortunately, I'm going on a little bit of sleep today, and I can't quite remember, you know, off the top of my head. Right. But you can look him up and find out what committees he did take part of, and you can find out what he what his voting record was and what major thing it was he voted against and find out why it is that this is all making news. Well, all you have to do, too, is just assume that no matter what, if he's a Democrat, all the Republicans are going to want him out because then, hey, it's a new seat that they can try and get filled for themselves. So regardless what side of the aisle he's on, the other one's going to want him out. But then he lied about it, so then that means his own party is going to say, well, you've got no credibility since you lied about it. So then they're going to want him out. Then you add to it the voting record, and no matter which way you vote, you're going to make an enemy in Washington. Absolutely. It's a vicious cycle, it seems like, no matter which way you would go. Absolutely. But, but you know what? It, it, I, 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 the only thing I have a problem with is that the guy was – I mean, he did what any guy would do that would be caught in the act, you know? But 
You know, I mean, why be stupid about it? You know, and, and I mean, you take a look at the way things work out. He was being advised to friggin' uh, go on and say, say this lie that he, his computer was hacked and these pictures were taken this and that. Yeah. But if that were true, he would have gotten the FBI involved. But the thing was, if the FBI computer people would have been involved, uh, yeah, guys that take they care of the hacking stuff, you know. Hey, that would have brought on federal charges once they found out that he wasn't asked. Yeah. You know, this, this guy's ruffled a few feathers. He had wow. to have. I mean, let's take a look how, take, just take a look at some, some of the other politicians that have been busted for in the past, you know, and they're, hell, look at the king himself, Bill. You know, I love Bill Clinton. You know, but <laughs> he, he's a. He's, uh, yeah, I mean, JFK did it one way, but Bill Clinton took it to a whole new level and got away with it, you know? So, you know. Uh-huh. It, it, I'm curious, all, uh, I'm curious how it would have possibly transpired differently, how at the get-go, when he'd have been accused of it, if he'd have just come out and said, yep, it's me, what about it? Absolutely. You know, they, the majority of people don't care that he had a, a a fling, you know, or that he had, he posted some pictures up. You know, say, what, what was that other congressman from, I believe it was Illinois, that uh, ended up posing for men's fitness? You know, and, and he got the cover of men's fitness. You know, he's a young guy, and, you know, people started giving heck over that. You know, what's the big deal? You know, I, yeah. I don't know what size, you know, but I'm tired of seeing sloppy, grumpy old men, you know, or <laughs> grumpy women. You know, let's get some young bloods in there, you know. Let's stir the thing up, you know. And if he actually had something credible to contribute to the magazine in an article regarding fitness, and obviously it's not like he was posing for the front cover of Playgirl magazine, what was it? What? why should it matter if he was on the cover or not? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, if anything, that's free press for him, you know? Exactly. That way, I guess, if he's going to push a fitness or health agenda, I guess he's going to say, yo, hey, I got something to back it up. I believe in it myself. Here's the proof. Absolutely, you know? And, and I mean, that, that's a, that's the biggest thing with me. If you're gonna, If you're going to go ahead and say, hey, do this, you better be doing it yourself. Practice what you preach. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, I just, I mean, the thing, the, the biggest thing is, this is just going to give. And you know how, like, the Republican Party, um, they love to take things like this and just run wild with, you know. And and what I'm afraid, what this is going to do, this is going to give them ammunition against us, you know. And well, I'm not. I don't know. I I disagree with that a little bit. I mean, of course, it's a politi- It's going to come up on an election year. They'll use anything they can. But look at uh, all the other Republican politicians that have screwed up, too. Absolutely. I mean, if they're going to point fingers, don't throw rocks in a glass house. Yeah, it, it, it would be the pot calling the kettle black. Exactly. I mean, of course, it's an election year. You'll, they'll use anything they can, but... It's like, um, excuse me, do you want to compare bad apples to bad apples? Yeah, yep. and, and, but, but, you know, it's like I've, you know, 
like I've been saying about politics all along. Nobody can tell you anymore what they stand for because that brings accountability. But what they can't tell you is what the other person has stood against. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, that's bash politics. You know, they'll, they'll be like, well, this guy voted against funding for a mental health clinic, you know. And then the, the other guy will be, well, this guy snorted a line of cocaine when he was 21 years old in Mexico. You know, I mean, so what? You know, maybe there was a bigger agenda. I mean, it, maybe that was just a maybe there was a little section on the bill that he voted against for the funding of mental health. You know, that like maybe he didn't agree with uh, you know a billion dollars every four years to see the mating habits of a sperm whale. You know, and, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, they 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 never they just make it look like on both sides they make it look like. The other guy's the villain, but yet they won't tell you what they're against or what they're for, you know, because that would bring accountability. Yeah. But you yeah. know what? I think there's something that's miss, missing on both sides of the aisle, you know, on both sides of the political, on both sides of the political um, um, spectrum is accountability. Nobody, nobody wants to take accountability. Everybody, you know, wants to shift. Blame on to the opposite party. You know, mm-hmm. nobody wants to take responsibility of you know the conditions of our schools, the conditions of our neighborhoods, our communities, or you know the economy. Nobody wants to take responsibility. So what we're seeing now is uh, you know the shift of blame. Like it's 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 the blame game. You know, it's easy to put that mm-hmm. off on other people because you know that's what we lack today. We lack. Like in our um, political system, we lack integrity, and we really yeah. do lack a, a, a sense of responsibility. And I think it's time for us as voters, you know, you see what happened, you know, you know, see what, you know, we had, we were in a good position, you know, and we allowed um, them to come in, and you know, it, it's it's just crazy. We have to take accountability ourselves. You know, because we're the ones that are voting these individuals into office. You know, so that's 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 a good point, Jr. You know, I totally agree with you. Accountability is the big. It's it's that's the key word. Right. You know, I think even going one step further with what you just said. You know, look at the like the national debt is the big thing going now. Debt control. You know. We've all there's been Democrats and Republicans both in these offices for ever since the Reagan era and before, and the debt's still gotten out of control. No one or the other has even when the Republicans were in control, they all bashed their drum about fiscal conservatism and yeah, however you say that word. And they just you know, but did they solve the national debt when they had the opportunity? No, they didn't. So it's like, you know, both sides have to realize that, hey, you know, you're both pointing fingers back and forth. Who's really accountable here? Yeah, well, the Republicans under Bush ended up spending money like a drunken sailor on port in Japan, you know? They, they, uh, it, it goes both ways. It truly uh, does, which is why, although we have got a democratic system, you know, where we vote the people in, you know, there should never be full party control, you know? Yeah, I, think, I can't help but wonder myself, 
you know, it doesn't seem like a political race is real. It's not really a political race. It's more psychological warfare because which one's going to bullshit the voters the most. Yep. And the voters have gotten used to the what can you do for me thing. What are you going to give me to get my vote, you know? Exactly, because that's the whole thing. I'm here to represent you people. Here's what I can do for you people. And ooh, ah, and then when they get in office, it's back to the same old political bullshit. You never hear from them. And that's that's the biggest problem I can see, you know, as far as the the, the African-American community. We have a lot of these officials that 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 they know that they they depend upon the black folk. I'm just speaking on that by by itself because that's that's a pretty big chunk of the population. And the thing about it is what a lot of them do, and you just hit upon a, a, a point that I've noticed too, Michael, is how a lot of them come into the community when it's time to be, you know, when it's time for election or re-election, they want to come to the community. They want to sell you a bill of goods. That they know that they're not going to even, yeah, they have no intention, you know, fulfilling. And you know, and then once they get your vote and they get in office, you don't see them again. You know, and and that's the thing. You get a you get a bunch of empty promises. Yeah. And, and, and you know, basically, you know, they they they're trying to sell you the cure all, but they know dang well ain't going to do a dang thing. You know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they, but see, and the same deal happens within the Hispanic community. You know, they they, oh, yeah. they they talk about immigration. They talk about this. They talk about it. brother. I can tell you firsthand. I know. I know of a gentleman. He's been trying to get his. They do it through the legal system now for eleven years. And every, I mean, spent thousands upon thousands of dollars on attorneys and representation to get his paperwork. And they always tell him, every single time he goes up for a hearing, well, we need this paper now. You know, there's a time when this stuff gets silly, you know? And, and I right, mean, this right. guy has paid his dues. He's checked out. He's a very close friend. Oh, he's MF for sure. He's a very close friend of my mother, you know. There's a time and a place for everything, but this is silly, making this poor guy and his family suffer like this, you know. Mm. And believe me, if someone, someone like me were in charge, one well, of the first things I'd do is get more judges in there. You know, tell them, hey, there's well, got to be a limitation on this guy. Yeah. The catch with judges is, you need a judge with some balls. Exactly. Because a judge can swing the gavel and make it happen if he wants to. Absolutely. You know, but they're they're concerned about the almighty they're concerned about the almighty dollar. How are they gonna get more money? You know? And that's what it all comes down to. And there are poor people dry. You know, is the I know where in my hometown, I know a bunch of people are here illegal. You know, but you know what? They are trying to do it legally. They they're being pushed. You know, they they're being pushed into doing it illegally. They're sitting there trying, filing all this paperwork, being patient. Me, I couldn't be patient for no decade. You know, oh, I 
we get a chance at the American dream. You know, I, I just say, screw it, I'm going to do it the way everyone else does it. You know, it, 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 people talk about them, and, you know, they, there's not a single Mexican terrorist. You know, there's not a single, yeah, you know, they, 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 these people are trying, bleeding to make things happen. You know, and just getting bled dry. By, the, by by these politicians and these uh, you know politicians won't stand up for them. The judges won't stand up for them, and these lawyers are just bleeding them dry of their wallets. So, so hold on a second, guys. You know, you get off some good points. You know, um, man, I kind of speechless after that. You know. Are you still just listening, or you you have any questions or comments at this point? No, just coffee. Okay. I remember that. Just coffee. Um, I want to give a couple shout-outs really quick. We're up to 11 people in the chat room. Uh, make sure you guys are friends and workers. I'm going to Yes, 
and you know you don't know anything about the fans, you don't know anything about these people, and you will sacrifice your children and bring your children around anybody, you know, and and then situations like this happen, and you still have people that have the nerve to still attend that church after this is happening. You know, um, I think it's really sick that we uh, allow our children and we, you know, to be subjugated to this type of behavior. And also, you know, we fall victim to these predators, you know. Um, but I will say, um, of course, according to um, some sources, his church membership has started to dwindle a little bit. And I know um, Bernice King, um, which is the uh, wife of uh, Martin Luther King, um, she she uh, has uh, left New Birth. And, you know, she and we know what it's all about. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, she pretty much says, oh, well, God told me and Spoke to me and told me that it's time to move, move on. Yeah. Okay, which is all well and good, but uh, we know the real reasoning behind behind that because it's kind of coincidental that you decided to leave our ministry right after uh, you know you settled out of court. And to me, I just I really think that you know uh, I, I feel sorry for the people that are still going to that church because they're still being hoodwinked and they're still, you know, um, being led to believe that this man is the true man of God, and he's not. You know, anytime this, you know, this man can manipulate and seduce young boys and take them on trips and do all this stuff with your tithe money, you know, it's, it's something needs to be done about that. You know, and I just, I think that, um, is he still yeah, I, pastoring I, I don't that? know if justice was really served. Is, do you know if he still is still pastoring that church? Yeah, he's still pastoring that church. Wow. I guess that's a he really good example of what happens for too concerned listening to the man and not listening to God instead. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you, there ain't no God in that. Now, ain't no God told him to stay there at that church. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know... But something else that kind of bothered me too is, um, have you ever heard of that uh, this televangelist um, named Creflo Dollar? No, I haven't heard of that one. Mm. Isn't it kind of coincidental his last name would be Dollar? But I'm not gonna get into <laughs> that. He he's one of those um, televangelists that teaches that prosperity gospel, you know, and. You know, he tries to get his members to sow all these, like, financial seeds. Like, And I'm not talking about, like, $10, $15, $20. I'm talking about hundreds of dollars, you know, um, in this, that, and the other. And he tries to get these people to, you know, sow into, you know. It, it's just they're they're all looped together, you know what I'm saying? And he's pretty much telling the people that uh, they're wrong for not following him or standing by him, you know, that, that to me, I have a problem with that. Like, who are you to tell me that I should stay under a guy that sleeps with young boys and showers them with gifts using my tax, not my tax money, but my, my tithe money? 
I mean, why should I accept that? You know, and he had the nerve to actually say that, you know, they should just, you know, deal with it and they should stand by him regardless of what he does. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. how, so how do you feel about that? Um, I I don't know. I guess, he, again, that the whole thing I think into this is are people that concerned with not really listening to God that somebody is able to give up air, end up there and give a flashy song and dance. Mm-hmm. I mean, your pastor is supposed to be a leader, not somebody that you sit there mindlessly like a drone and just listen to. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> a pastor is supposed to be the shepherd of his flock, you know, and... It, it, in the Bible, it, it gives us all warnings over, look, watch out for false prophets, you know? Right. In the end times, there's going to be plenty of false prophets claiming to be speaking, you know, the word of God, but God himself is going to make it clear, you know? And, and as we've seen in our past, and I, I think I know the guy you're talking about there. Bishop I, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, as we've seen in the past, God will set his wrath down on those that use his name in vain. You know? He, he look, look, look what he done with old, uh, uh, oh, what was his name? But Jim Baker. <laughs> you know? I mean, he, <laughs> the most, but next to Jimmy Swagger, Jim Baker was in, number two on the popularity list back, back in the day. <laughs> and, and oh God said build build I a swimming pool in my name. In my mind uh, back in the eighties when he was on there. Yeah. Oh man, that was just so pathetic. Like yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God said you're gonna build a swimming pool in my name. <laughs> you know it, 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 it. He reigns his wrath, man. You know, and that's the thing. It's. Uh, yeah, you just got to sit there and pay attention and let your faith guide you. And if it seems fishy, odds are it is. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't or ain't so familiar. I mean, take a look at these crazies over at the Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah. You know, it's all yeah. going around preaching hate, you know. You know, God, God's a very wrathful person. I'm just wondering what's t- why is he taking his time at, you know. Well, <laughs> if you figure out the answer to that question, you'll solve a lot of questions I've had in my own life, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it goes to show how he's got a sense of humor, too, you know. But, no, in all seriousness, you know, they, they're, they, they're, there is a fate for them people that is a lot worse than anything I can imagine. Because oh, not yeah. only are they preaching a message of hate, they are doing it in the name of the Lord. You know? The God well, I know is not a hateful God. He's a vengeful God, but he's not a hateful God. I guess the interesting part there would be that thank God that the general population can at least look at it and go, I know I'm still okay because that right there, that ain't right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it, and the fact that the Baptist, you know, this ain't a bash on Baptist, 
but the fact that the Baptist church still allows this church to use the name Baptist in their name, you know? Well, that would depend, I guess, too, on what division or section that they're taking part in, because there's several out there. Oh, that's true. I mean, mean, they're extremist fundamentalists, though. That's true, it is. I'm sure there's a branch for it all. Uh, yeah, there, there there could be. Well, Jim, I know that some of them can get pretty uh, kind of out there. <laughs> I, I do apologize, but I got to call it a night, and I got to go hook up my set and head over to St. Louis tonight. All right. Well, we really thank you for calling in and just you know, um, you know, and just talking to us and just um, sharing with us as always. So. Feel free to call back anytime. Uh, you know, you know, I'm listening here and there whenever I got time, my friend. So I, I, I'll call you whenever I'm in. You know. All right. All right. Y'all have a great night. Huh? Keep up the good you work. Too. All right. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Um, I'm trying to find something. Um, on this story, it was an article that I had, but. Um, what I'm going to probably do, because um, it's about eight minutes till, I'm going to go to a song or two, and then um, when I come back, um, we're going to probably finish up talking about Bishop Eddie Long, and then we're going to jump into our um, entertainment beat in the next hour. So um, keep it locked. If you want, call in at 646 646- Nine one five eighty two hundred, and you can join us in chat. Um, also, we're on Facebook, so look us up on there, and we're on Twitter. So, those are the ways you can contact us. You know, and as always, you know, we appreciate your comments, um, questions. So, we're gonna go to um, a couple songs, and then we will be right back. I know it was the right, I can't even 
corners for the boys with the booming system. Top town AC with the cooling system. When he come up in the club, he be blazing up. Got stacks on deck like he's saving up. And he ill, he built, he might got a deal. He pop bottles and he got the right kind of bill. He cold, he dope, he might sell coke. He always in the air, but he never fly coke. He a motherfucking drip, drip, killer or the trip, trip. When he make a drip, drip, kiss him on a lip, lip. That's the kind of dude I was looking for. And yes, you'll get slapped if you're looking ho. I said, excuse me, you're a hell of a guy. I mean, my, 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 you're like pelican fly. I mean, you're so shy and I'm loving your tie. You're like slicker than the guy with the thing on his eye. Oh. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Somebody please tell him who the F I is. I am Nicki Minaj. I'm at some dudes up. That coop truck and truck oh, the Entrepreneur niggas in the mall go. Think about with the cool, he can sound loud. But I think I like a brother when he dowel loud. And I think I like a brother with the fitted cap on. He ain't even gotta try to put the Mac on. He just gotta give me that look. When he give me that look, then the pennies coming out. Oh, oh, uh, excuse me, you're a hell of a guy. You know I really got a thing for American guys. I mean, die. Sticking in eyes. I can tell that you're in touch with your feminine side. Oh, uh, yes, I did, yes, I did. Somebody please tell him who the F I is. I am Nicki Minaj, I'm at some dudes up. That coops up and chuck the dudes up.
on them. Bitch, I'm just eating on them. Put, 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 put your silverware in the air if you eating on them. Eating on them. Bitch, I'm just eating on them. Put, 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 put your silverware in the air if you eating on them. All these bitches is my snack. And I'ma eat every last one. Like a zebra cake, eat them to the last crumb. If I get some milk, bitches over D-O-N-E done. I'ma eat them all. Got my number speed dial, just one call. And I ain't exercising, I don't need no damn diet. Just treat these bitches like chicken. Fry them. Eat a cupcake, man. Eat a cupcake. Eat on them. You can call. You can eat. Eat on them. Eat on them. Eat on them. Eat on them. Eat on Showing. 
there was a 7 o'clock and a 10 o'clock showing. Uh, and um, I had the privilege to talk to him for a couple minutes. Uh, this is a quick interview, but, um, you know, uh, it, was a, it was a pleasure in talking to him and just getting his perspective on the movie. And plus he has advice for up-and-coming journalists and uh, people that are just in general that are trying to get into the entertainment field. So when we come back, we will talk more about it, and uh, we'll get on to our next story. Hello, this is Seneca Harris from the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine a light on issues impacting the urban community. Today I have the the, the honor to talk to a, I, I consider a legend in the radio, the black radio business, um, Russ Parr, and um, welcome to Indianapolis, first of all, and first of all, um, just a question, um, a few questions about the movie tonight, um, what inspired the storyline, and um, how did you guys come up with this, and what, you know, and what things do you, what do you want people to take away from this movie? Well, you know, I have seen a lot of uh, people that are in, in that age range that have gotten off and gotten married, even got married before love. Right. Because they felt like, man, I got to get this done before 40. Right. You know, 35 is that operative number, and then the clock starts ticking. You know, women think, like, I don't want to have a baby in my 40s right. because, you know, my eggs are drying up and so on and so forth. And, you know, and this is like, I hate the term chick flick, and this is not a chick flick. Right. It's because men go through the same damn thing. You know? Yeah. It's like, man, I don't have the job I want. I don't have more kids. Right. I don't have anything. So I saw that happening to a lot of my friends, and I said, man, there's a story there. Right. I wrote the script in, like, six days. We actually took 15 wow. days to shoot this movie. Wow. You know, because I'm, like, an improv guy. I like to move quick, quick, quick. And it just turned out, you know, pretty good, I think. And um, just, like, for, um, what, what, what do you have for suggestions for up-and-coming, like, minority actors and actresses? What what would be some good advice, as well as journalists that are coming up to, like, what, what would be some good advice that you would give them? I would say work for free whenever you can. Just okay. get in get in anywhere where you can perfect your craft. Um, because that's how, like, you know, like, everybody on my radio show were interns. Right, right. You know, they work for free, and now they get paid. You know, I don't care how old you are or whatever, you just got to get in and people see your face, and they see that you're willing to work hard, and you'll get that break. Trust me, I've seen it happen over and over and over again. All right, well, I just wanted to get a quick interview with you. Thanks again for coming Thank to you, Indianapolis. and no, um, Thanks. Thank you, man. Good, Good luck with you. All right, here's my card. Oh, okay, thanks. Do your thing, man. All right. Are back. So yeah, that was just a little quick interview I wanted to share with you guys today. Um, like I said, it's a really good movie. I suggest you all go out and check that out. It's called Thirty Five and Ticking. It's it's playing in Indianapolis for a week. I guess they're doing a, a test market to see how well the movie in different um, cities to see how well the movie does and stuff like that. So yeah, check that out and. Um, I guess we're going to move right on along to our next story. Um, before we move on, did you have anything that you want to talk about this weekend, Mike, or this week? Or? Uh, no. From what you and I had talked about prior to the show, I think we're pretty much right on the same page. Oh, okay. But the All right. Topic? Yeah. Um, I guess the next topic that I want to discuss is the whole entire uh, Tracy Morgan and his um, anti-gay rant, and and, and really it really caused a huge firestorm and um, a lot of controversy. 
you know, not not just amongst uh, the gay community, but just people in general. You know, um, you know, it's 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 really an embarrassment that you know someone that's been in the game as long as he has, you know, that would take it that far. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could see if it was a young comedian that that. That just you know that that just came onto the scene that don't have a lot of tact that don't have any type of poise but you you know as an individual should know better than this you know you've been on the scene for a long time and you should know how far to take certain jokes you know and do you have some of the references that he made offhand yes we 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 have some of the references and, and matter of fact we have a clip. We don't have a clip of the actual show, but we have a clip of the individual that um, was at the actual show, and he did an interview on CNN. I want to play a little bit of that, and then when we come back, I want to discuss um, what was said, and I'm going to you know, kind of reiterate on some of the things that he said, because I think on YouTube I'm going to cut out the actual interview so it doesn't, you know, Go against their copyright or anything like that. So we're gonna play the interview on the show, and then when I come when we come back, I'm going to kind of reiterate uh, some of the things that he said and um, take it from there. Popular actor and comedian Tracy Morgan's latest stand-up is blowing up into a major controversy and turning out to be no laughing matter. And now Morgan is apologizing. The comedian reportedly went on a vicious homophobic rant. Morgan, who is known to push the envelope for laughs, was performing in front of a packed house at Nashville's Ryman Auditorium. In the middle of the show, he launched into a scathing tirade about homosexuals. A photographer, Kevin Rogers, was in the audience and posted on Facebook some of the things that Morgan reportedly said. Uh, Kevin, we're going to get to you in just a moment. First, I want to revisit some of the statements that you said Morgan made during his stand-up. To be clear, we don't have a full transcript of Morgan's remarks. But Kevin posted at one point, Morgan said, quote, there is no way a woman could love and have sexual desire for another woman that's just a woman pretending because she hates an effing man. He went on to say if his son was gay, he better come home and talk to him like a man and not, and here he mimicked gay in a high-pitched voice, or he would pull out a knife and stab that little N-word to death. Morgan goes on saying, quote, he didn't effing care if he pissed off some gays. As many of you know, Morgan is on the cast of the popular NBC show 30 Rock. The irony is 30 Rock received an award from GLAAD, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. Well, GLAAD is calling for Morgan's management to investigate these reports and issued this statement this morning. GLAAD's president says, should they prove true, we call on him to remove these violently anti-gay remarks from his show and send a strong message that anti-gay violence is not something to joke about. The Human Rights Campaign also issued a statement. If these allegations are true, Tracy Morgan must immediately accept responsibility and apologize. His employer, NBC Universal, also must come forward and condemn these atrocious comments. Now, I want to go back to Kevin Rogers. Kevin, you were in the audience there. You heard Tracy Morgan directly. What was your gut reaction? I, I was absolutely shocked um, and amazed at what I was hearing. Um, I knew that I was going to see uh, a comedian that, that, as you said, does push the envelope and was expecting to hear, you know, all sorts of different, um, probably inappropriate humor, but I, I didn't expect to 
uh, here an attack on the gay community. As I mentioned, uh, Tracy Morgan has apologized, Kevin, so I want to read you uh, his statement. Uh, he says, I want to apologize to my fans and the gay and lesbian community for my choice of words at my recent stand-up act in Nashville. I'm not a hateful person and don't condone any kind of violence against others. While I am an equal opportunity jokester, my friends know what is in my heart. Even in a comedy club, this clearly went too far and was not funny in any context. What is your response to that? Is that apology enough? Um, I greatly appreciate his apology. Um, I only hope that it, it actually is genuine and that's how he feels. Um, and if that's the case and he shows uh, my community and his fans that he truly is sorry for those remarks and, and takes content like that from his show, then yeah, I, I greatly accept his apology. Uh, as you've said, uh, you said, you certainly didn't expect Morgan's act to be clean, um, but when he said what he said about stabbing his son, uh, if he came home and told him that he was gay, how did that specific remark sit with you? Um, it had gotten to the point within the rant that I was actually a little numb to everything that was being said. I was still trying to process everything and and decide if if there was going to be a punchline somewhere or um, exactly what was I hearing. So to me, it, it really was just the entire thing really did um, hurt me. Mm -hmm. um, you know that of course the the violent aspect of that comment. I actually even thought uh, at a point, well, maybe he is at least joking about that. Not that that's something to joke about, but. You know, that, that's pretty serious. And, and what was the audience response? Uh, were you able to notice if, were people laughing? Were they booing? Mm. What, what was the response? Um, as ashamed as I am for the Nashville audience, uh, there was actually a lot of applause um, during that and um, seemed to, with the except there were some people that weren't laughing or clapping and seemed to be sitting there in shock, but there were also a lot of people that just really, um, for lack of a better way of putting it, kind of hooted and hollered. And, mm. Did anyone uh, leave? Um, throughout his entire performance, there were times that we had noticed that people were leaving. Um, you know, his performance includes a lot of comments right. about women and, and his belief in their place in the world. And, and what was so, his demeanor as he started this part of his act? Uh, did his demeanor change, or was it the way it was throughout the whole show? Um, I could tell that it seemed to go from a joking demeanor to this is a point in my show to where I'm very serious about what I'm saying. It was very um, forthright. There wasn't, uh, did, didn't seem to be any joking involved at that point. It was just, here's my platform. You posted your feelings, uh, as I said, uh, on Facebook. You also tweeted about it, writing, uh, saw Tracy Morgan in Nashville last night, nothing but hate for the gays. That was what your tweet said. Uh, and then you also added, I was very saddened by this. Uh, what kind of response have you received online? Um, it's been um, kind of crazy. Um, I've received all sorts of support from people across um, the United States. Um, I, I've actually also received a little bit of um, hate, but uh, far, far outweighed by the uh, number of people that are supporting me and wanting to be my friend on Facebook and um, just patting me on the back and saying thanks and that they really appreciated it. Um, so um, it's been overall positive, but I, I never expected 
on Friday that um, I was going to be on CNN today. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, and I know that before you came on CNN, you actually, uh, according to my producer, you had to actually uh, come out to your mom. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's something that I've we've never really discussed, and I've always had a feeling that my family knew, but I just wasn't comfortable having that discussion. And then I, I knew that how things happen, and um, Nashville is a large city, but it's also a very small community in a way. And I knew that at some point tonight I would be receiving a phone call from my mother saying, um, somebody called me and saw you on CNN. What's, what's the deal? So I thought, you know, this is a time that I'm really going to have to just step up and and make that phone call and say, here, look, this is what's going to happen, and whatever you hear, here's the truth. And um, she's very supportive and um, was great. And uh, I, I love her and my dad very much for the way they've raised me. Well, Kevin, uh, thank you so much for sharing uh, not only your personal story uh, with us, but also uh, what you say happened uh, there in Nashville and uh, bringing that to our attention as well. And we certainly appreciate you coming on the show and talking about it. Thank, Thank you. you sir. All right, we're back now. First of all, let's get into the motherfucking obvious, okay? Did <laughs> he just say he just came out? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> well? Uh, well, I just, I don't know. That's just. Mm, all right. Uh, like somebody's I'm going to side with him on the aspect that I'm pretty sure Mom already knew. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I knew. You know, I just, you know, she, uh, she tried to keep the faith and try to, you know, keep, keep hope alive, but it just didn't happen. And this guy, he looks like he's about 300 pounds. You know. Oh yeah, big man. Yeah, he's big. He's a big. Yeah, he's a big girl. (laughs) He's one big queen. Yeah, but you know, I mean, I want to commend him for um, for um, for standing up for that, and I think that was a very brave. thing that he he's done like you know but well i'm not gonna get to the butt yet because i'm gonna get to that but i I really i think that that's a courageous thing for him to do um you know to to take on somebody as big as tracy morgan that's been out here and that's well noted amongst um a lot of people in hollywood and just you know all over the country you know and But I have one small issue with this interview. I mean, because to me, like this is this is my issue with a lot of gay people, and the the, the thing is, it's like he like he's even he he even admitted that there was going to be some stuff that's going to be in the show that's going to be offensive, and a lot what a lot of gay people do, and I'm not saying all of them do this, but they'll sit back like. You know, and and then you know they'll watch all these injustices occur, among, you know, amongst like other groups of people, but they they never want to say anything or come out and protest against that. It's only when they're affected, 
And the thing about it is, within their own community, there's all types of, uh, uh, what's the word, there's all types of division within their own community, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, very judgmental, very superficial, very shallow. Yet, you know, you want people to respect you and um, give you equal rights and treat you as an equal, but you can't even treat each other as equals. And I know I'm going to probably piss off a lot of people, but you know what, that's fine. Cause I've, I've, I've observed that, and I know that's just how the community is. And for you those know, people and, that, and it's one of those things, huh? And for those people that think that, you're full of it, I'll back you up on it completely. Because you ain't found any place so treacherous until you walk into a all-gay establishment and you try and look at all the queens mixed into a group gathering in themselves, you ain't seen something so treacherous. Oh, yes. And and the thing about it is, it's like, wow. And, and this is what gets me. This man would have never came out. This man would have never stood up and said anything about this, you know, unless it was someone attacking him or attacking the gay community. He would have never came out against anything else, like, you know, that's going on in the world. All the racial injustice, all the sexism, all the classism that's going on, you don't see him really coming out against that. But, you know, I don't know. It's, it's just crazy. You know, a lot of them don't want to stand up unless it affects them. Very selfish, very self-centered. And I'm not saying all gay people are like that because they're not. There are some people that are very active, that have a um, a strong um, sense of activism and getting involved. But a lot of them are very selfish. The ones that are out here screaming the most about equal rights and gay rights are the main ones, like you said, are some of the most treacherous ones. They'll turn around and, and march and go, you know, and they'll protest, but then turn right back around, go back into their communities, and discriminate amongst each other. Yep. So what's what's the what? I mean, my thing is what you know. What's up with the double standard? That's just that's all I want to know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I I have a big problem with that. Yeah, the one thing you know, that I would and say another is, thing that bothered me about this um, interview too. And I don't know if you paid attention to this. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But did you hear the fact? Do you remember the question that um, the interviewer asked um, this this guy, and she said, um, uh, "What do you think specifically about him saying that he, you know, about him wanting to stab his son if he ever came out to him?" And it was just like he didn't really care about that. What was his response? Refresh my memory. I wish I could go back and forth. He says that he was just numb to it, and he says that he thought that was like one of the least offensive parts of that, or something like that. He said it was all just pretty much about pretty much all of it, but it just seemed like he wasn't really. He didn't really care about the fact that he said that. That was the worst part, I think, if anything, you know. Uh, and um, I, I'd like to see. I agree with CNN. I'd like to see the entire transcript of it. But I, you know, and I don't know. Obviously, since we didn't hear the entire transcript of what happened, I could see at a certain point, to some degree, depending what all was said, 
I could mm-hmm. see, though, at some point where you'd be sitting there just going, oh, my God, really? Mm-hmm. And I guess I could in some aspect, I see what you're saying, and I agree with you entirely, because stabbing somebody, you know, we got enough teens out here committing suicide because of this, let alone he's talking about stabbing one. And, you know, but I, I mean, I guess I could see in the totality scope of it to some extent where mm-hmm. it would be like a sense of shock going, no shit, did he really say that? Yeah. It, I just, yeah, and I totally agree with you too, but I, I kind of felt like, you know, that would have been the point for me to get up and walk out. People, he, it wasn't a big deal until it hit home to him. Like, he, he knew that he was going to be coming to a show that where everyone's going to be offended, but he didn't think that he would hit on gay, so it was okay. Right. That, and I, mean, I understand comedians being an equal opportunity offender, but I think at the stabbing point, I would have gotten up and walked out. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, what do I know? <laughs> but you know what? And this is this isn't the first time this has happened in the past year or two. You remember that guy? Uh, I can't never think of his name. He played on Seinfeld. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, the guy. Oh, geez, I can't think of his name now. Yeah. The tall, but lanky, yeah, tall, lanky, goofy guy. Yeah. Remember, he made he he went off on a tirade too in Cal. Yeah, in California. It's a, I mm-hmm. think this is a West Coast thing that goes on. It seems like every time we hear about someone going off on a on on a a rant like this, is out on the West Coast. So I want to say, even that Laura Schlesinger, what isn't she uh, based out of? Uh, out of the out West, of the West Coast. Coast, I think so. This guy, though, Tracy Morgan's is in Nashville. Yeah, yeah of course, you know the Deep South. Well, it's yeah, not that's, I mean, yes, but. Mhm. I wanted to say he was at a club. Didn't this take? I think this took place in a nightclub on the West Coast, didn't it? Uh, the the Tracy Morgan rant. Yeah. No, no, that was the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville. Oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, because yeah. I also yeah. read an article online that said the Ryman Auditorium issued an apology saying, you know, yeah. we just held the show here, we are not responsible for what he said, and we don't agree with what he said. Oh, God. Man. He picked one hell of a place to go to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess, you know, in hindsight, you know, at some point in our life we're all called to make a decision about ourselves and to take a step forward with our own lives. And if it took this for the guy to go ahead and come out of the closet to his family, well, I hope his family's supportive and I hope him wish him the best with that. And you know, maybe this will be a experience that's going to strive to make him to do something better for himself, maybe make him a better person, hopefully, and, you know, push him into some further positive aspects with his own life, I hope. But yeah. I guess time will tell. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's very unfortunate that this had, had to happen. 
Um, and I just, I, I really don't think, I really, and the thing about it is people got to be realistic. Um, the gay community has more disposable income, and they do support a lot of uh, the arts and entertainment in, in general. So you are almost committing suicide. You, you know, you're killing your career by attacking the gay community. Like, and, seriously. You know, when I go to be a comedian, I expect a few jabs at it. And, hell, I'll take a few jabs at the gay community myself in a uh, humorous manner. All of us do, and you know we can. I think we've got a good sense of humor. We can handle a few good jokes, but right, right. outright threat. You know, he he ha ha over the violence of stabbing a you know a teen over this. You know, don't they look around and hear that we've got enough of that going on presently? You know, what kind of a message is it to feed the monster? I guess, and not to mention Tracy Morgan. I got to take a little shot at him now. Now, uh, Tracy right. Morgan, doesn't he just about act like a big old girl himself? He he is the big queen. And it's funny that you mentioned that, too, because, um, yeah, someone sent me a message on, because I posted up this um, this uh, topic in on, on, online, and someone uh, on my uh, comments said, uh, what I find remarkably odd is that I would have thought that Tracy Morgan was gay myself. Mm-hmm. And um, he said basically he took his normal out-of-control, goofy, to the extreme act way over the line. And he, he said he stabbed his own son in the face if he were gay. I said, well, it sounds like to me, it sounds like somebody had some some um, some suppressed uh, feelings. Mm-hmm. Almost like a case of one dose protest too much. Yeah. I mean, it's just I don't know. I just I think the best thing for for people to do if you're that outraged and you're that offended, just stop stop supporting. That's what I say. You know, every time these issues come up, stop supporting these people, and they'll become irrelevant. That's why I don't even pay attention to people like Rush Limbaugh and all those other dumbasses on Fox News because, you know, as long as people are talking about the outrageous things that they say and they and that they do, you keep them relevant. You really right. keep them relevant, and and you you give them. It's like you're feeding, uh, you're feeding a monster, you know, and it's just getting right. it gets bigger and bigger each time they say something outrageous. You know, they, they're gonna, they're gonna. It's, it's just a never-ending cycle. So, as long as we give ammunition to these people and we, we give in to what they say by responding, then that's gonna keep them relevant. And, and you know, you ignore anybody, anything long enough, they'll go away. That's just, that's just my, that's my personal um, opinion about that. Right. You know. So I, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. It's just it's really sad that you know, um we have to deal with that. Um let's see what else we're gonna talk about. Um 
Well, I guess the store, other stories that I want to talk about, um, DeAndre was going to cover. So I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna probably go to a couple more songs, and if she doesn't show up, I guess we'll just end the show tonight, and we'll just have to pick up on what some of the other things I wanted to talk about later on in the week, and we'll probably like kind of rehash on what we've talked about tonight. But um, did you want to wait for her on the post Pride review? Huh? Would you want to wait for her on the post Pride review? Um, I guess we can go ahead and talk about that now if you want. I almost forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, so. For those people that don't know, this past weekend was Indianapolis Gay Pride event. And Saturday morning was supposed to kick off with the parade. A lot of con- controversial topics there around the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department. Which, if we have time and you want me to, I have an article pulled up on that. Okay, go ahead, because I'll tell you what I've heard. That I, this is what I've heard from a couple people, because I, you know, I didn't get to make it to the parade itself, but um, I heard that the parade was kind of garbage. Like, I, I heard it wasn't much to write, write home about, as you would say. Yeah, I was there at the parade, and I attended last year's Indy Pride event, And this year I could say that there were not as many participants as last year. Um, uh, Even a lot of the gay clubs in Indianapolis, all of them weren't represented this year, that some had showed up last year. I was missing a few of them this year. Um, it It wasn't as big. There didn't seem to be as much participation in it as there had been in the past. Something, too, I was told by a dear friend that the Indianapolis Star had a review of it on there, which was, you know, speaking in terms of a lot of the political climate currently in Indiana in relation to the Pride event, saying that really big cities with the caliber of Chicago and Columbus, Ohio, uh, have such a their pride events are wrapped up into the fabric of their community so much so it's even listed on their like city websites. And Indiana, meanwhile, is trying to, in its social conservative standpoint, is trying to tone that down so much and even knock it out. Last year, the Marion County Sheriff's Department had a very good representation last year and this year both. Last year, I never seen an IMPD car there. This year there were, and this article I had was referring to Greg Ballard. It comes from the website of advancedindiana.blogspot.com, and it's entitled, Ballard Has a Less Than Prideful Day. And I'll try and speed through this pretty quick. A series of missteps has further eroded Mayor Greg Ballard's support in Indianapolis gay community in his reelection campaign. While Ballard enjoyed the the endorsement of Indy's largest gay newspaper and many gay taxpayers, distressed by a tax increase that occurred on the watch of his predecessor in his upset in 2007 election win over Bart Peterson, he has distanced himself from the GLBT community since taking office. Ballard has avoided any public appearances at the annual Circle City Pride event held in downtown Indianapolis during his time in office, despite the fact it draws more than 50,000 people making it one of the largest draws of downtown summer events. 
Today's record attendant, record attended event could have been a game changer for Ballard, but was not to be. News reports prior to today's Circle City Pride Parade discussed a controversy it was brewing because the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department had committed an official presence in the parade for the first time in the event's history. The anti-gay bigoted Indiana Family Institute, which pushed the legislature to approve a marriage discrimination amendment to the Indiana Constitution, protested the police department's participation in the event, even though IMPD has long participated in other cultural and community events, such as St. Patrick's Day Parade, Indiana Black Expo, Circle City Classic, and the Indy 500 Festival. According to parade organizers, Ballard ordered the withdrawal of the official IMPD entry in today's Circle City Pride Parade at the last minute, as well as a planned fire engine from the Indianapolis Fire Department Station 7 located on Massachusetts Avenue along today's parade route. Despite the official withdrawal, several members of IMPD walked in the parade in uniform, along with a strong presence of, from Sheriff John Layton and a number of his deputies. Now, I disagree with this guy a little bit because he said, did march, there was one police car and four officers. So you're saying that's a conflict in um, the facts that were that are given versus what you actually saw yourself. Right. I seen one IMPD car and four officers walking. So if you count the driver of the car, that was five. The sheriff's department had over somewhere between ten and twenty. And had probably wow. five vehicles in the parade. <laughs> and I have a picture of that to prove it. Uh, wow. Well, it sounds like somebody needs to get their stuff, get their facts straight because we got a news organization ourselves. And uh, also, the article goes on to address different members of IFD and IMPD mm-hmm. that said they wanted to do it. So it wasn't wow. for you know anyone listening to this. Hey guys, it wasn't the officers themselves; it was the mayor. Well, you know what? And I'm I, and I'm gonna jump into the mayor's ass really quick because the thing about it is, the mayor is he, he's a jerk. What what Ballard tries to do is he he tries to he 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 surrounds himself or he builds up these cabinets of people that I consider Uncle Toms or Uncle Ruckuses or uh, or Yes Men, I guess you could say, or Field Negroes, you know, all these people, though, all those terms would describe the type of people that he puts into place. And he, he, and he builds these coalitions up of these so-called black people, and I'm speaking for the black community, and I'm pretty sure he does this with other communities too, but what he does is try to build himself, you know, build these little coalitions of people up, and then you know, of yes men, you know, uh, people that are beneath him and that have no type of intellect and that sound like slaves when they talk. So what he does is he he builds these coalitions of people up, and then he he says, "Oh, look, you know, I'm diverse. You know, I, I you know, we're doing this and we're doing that." But these these groups of people that you're building up, or these these organizations that you're building up, that are supposedly um, catering to the African American community, aren't doing anything, you know. And that's what he tries to do. He tries to put on a mask of 
he tries to put on that mask of diversity or he tries to make it seem seem like he's diverse. But if you it's very shallow, you, you can pick away at that real it's it's only surface deep, you know what I'm saying? And I have no respect for ballads. He's very yeah. arrogant, he's very rude. I was listening to um an interview with him today on um a local station, AM thirteen ten and um, he came on the show, which is only like his third time. Huh. Yeah, coming t- since he's been elected to black media and talking to them one-on-one. And when he talks, he tries to – he doesn't want to talk to a lot of people, so he tries to stall and he, he tries to, you know, go on and on. And he tries to he tries to run the show when he comes on, you know, and, it's, and he's very arrogant. So it doesn't surprise me that he pulled this. It doesn't really surprise me. I have no respect for him. Yeah. Did you know you're supposed to be mayor over the 13th largest city in the United States, and this is how you conduct yourself? This is how you, you know, I, I have no respect for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of shocks me that he has the gall to run for re-election. I guess it doesn't surprise me a whole lot, but that's mm-hmm. pretty pretty arrogant bet there. I I can't quite picture him getting reelected. And, you know, speaking of politicians, uh, Andre Carson had a uh, people marching in the parade, which I was very happy okay. And I have seen Mr. Carson there in the past. He wasn't there in person this year that I seen, but I have seen him at last year's. So I was very pleased to see him, uh, show, his people and him showing up to the community and Coming out to the parade and the events, and that's good that he had his, you know, he's let his presence be known, and exactly. you know, he showed up, you know, to the community, and yes, that's and very I respectful. There in person last year, so wow. I'm, you know, very glad to see congressional representatives there. Around, I can't. Is he a senator or a representative? Um, he is. I think he's a senator. Yeah, he's a senator. Okay. Yeah, very very happy to see that in the and his people there that work for him, uh, making their presence known. I think he might have had a booth, but don't quote me on that. Yeah, I did see a lot more did, church organizations there this like year than I did last year. Was it? Is it just me, or did it seem like the booths that that were set up this year they just kind of lacked substance? They, they in the variety of vendors there, it just. It really wasn't impressive to me this year. Yeah, I mean, I compare it to last year, and I think that this year was definitely a downfall as compared to last year. I don't know if that's a sign of the economic time or what, but I didn't see it as the big turnout that it was last year. And this well, year they last finished. year we were in the middle of a recession. You know, it, it, it was worse off last year than I think than this year. Yeah. So I just I don't think that played into it as much. I mean, could have. Don't get me wrong, but I think it just to me it was there were a lot of things that occurred this year, a lot of changes that really were controversial and that really rubbed people the wrong way. Case in point, the the quote unquote cage that they had around um, Pride this year. I think that that was just really. Out there, and I think that that's just something that I, that really turned people off because it sent out the message to where they thought, well, I don't know if they were trying to quote unquote protect, try, call themselves protect us or keep 
keep the gay people caged up like monkeys, which we pretty much were. Yeah, and I didn't like the cage event, cage event, <laughs> the cage around the event either. I I felt you know I had to open I took a little backpack with me for items and I had to open it up and show them and I couldn't even carry my diet coke in that I was drinking I had to throw it away. Well, doesn't was, it piss you off? Because I know some people yeah. that got personally. I'm just I'm just putting this out here. I know some I know some people that got big bottles of vodka and all kinds of stuff in. But see yeah, that but you know that's why I said. You know they 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 probably started off like being real strict, but they got real lax towards the end. Because I'm gonna tell you this now: anybody could have walked up in that in that park and start shooting up that place. Mm-hmm. You know because because it, it, they weren't. I walked in a couple times. They didn't even look look at me. You know because I had to go out a couple times to come back in. They didn't even look at me. And the thing about it is, it's like. What's to stop someone coming in there, like hiding a gun, like in there, you know, yeah. and and you know, around their waist? Uh, my friend that went up there with me from my town, who walked around with you and I for a little bit, um, mm-hmm. he had moved back to this area in Indiana from Washington D.C. in 2006, and while in Washington D.C., he had attended many Pride events out there. And he looked at the cage event and said, seriously, they don't even do this in Washington, D.C., and that's like the security capital of the nation. He said, they don't even fence it in at D.C. So I thought that was something worth noting of, you know, of all the high security that Washington, D.C. has, and they don't even fence theirs in, but little old Indianapolis has got to put a cage around the whole event. I didn't like that. Yeah, but what's so scary about about the whole event? Like this is what I'm saying. What if you had some people coming in there? Could have killed about between probably about they could have killed between ten at least I say ten or twenty people. They could have came in there with some guns, and I mean, there's no way out. I mean, yeah. I what are you gonna do, run? <laughs> yeah, it would have been a big stampede in there, you know. And it's just, it just to me, I just don't think it was a good thing. I just, I think it's ridiculous how they, how they did that. And I just, I don't. It's not like it's even like a paid event. Like you know, it's, it's not right. like you're paying to get into the. I could see if, if it was like a paid event, and you're trying to keep other people from coming in. But this is, this was like a free event to the public. So why? I, just, I guess I didn't understand it. I didn't. And, and the people that were sitting up there checking, doing security, like, please, like they were a joke. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, open my bag and show them what I got. Uh, bull, yeah, I made my presence very well known that I didn't like that. <laughs> What'd you say? You said something. Tell, didn't you? You told me like you. You told them. I looked at the guy and didn't realize he had an effing search warrant to get into the damn place. Mm-hmm. But, you know. I, I just really think that, you know, the, I don't know. I just think the gay community, they it's time for them to step up and, you know, demand their rights because, you know, 
That's just oh, and, something that shouldn't have happened. And I know that this is another sore spot with me. Indie Pride Incorporated's website. I got on there a couple days before to check the parade route, check a, check out and make sure I had my times right, where parking, you know, I might try and park and all this. And I felt the website to be very condescending. Mm. I, the wording on the website to not be welcoming, more very militant, if anything. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a website. I know how to talk to the public. Don't believe it? Mm. Check it out. Read for yourself. Yep. And I tell you what, you know, it was it just come across as very condescending a little bit and a little bit militant to me. I realized yeah, I, I okay, you have to post your rules up. No fireworks. Good idea. I agree with that. No outside alcoholic beverages. Okay, due to the fact that they did have a beer garden or alcohol thing there, I understand. Can't bring outside fine. Post your rules up, but don't tell you know I don't know. They just ooh. The whole thing, the way they were coming across with it, just really pissed me off. Like, like that old cliche goes, it's not what you say, but how you say it. Exactly. You can state your rules. You can state all that. There's a way you can do it without being an ass about it. But right. you know, my opinion. You know, I invite others to go look at it. Formulate your own opinion on it. But I just, I didn't like that at all. Yeah, and there there was something else that bothered me too. Because one thing about me is, what I try to do with um, the Urban Coalition Freedom Club, I try to present the public with information and tools on you know what's going on in in the community and the organizations and what they're offering and bringing to the table and. And I and I hate to do this, but I'm gonna have to put um, a particular individual in the organization organ, uh, organization on blast. And I'm not gonna really even put the organization on blast because this organization has done a lot for the community, and they they continue to do a lot to the community. But I really think it's just this one particular um, individual, and I'm going to call her by name because she gave me her business card, and I do have. Um, Witnesses that was around when she spoke to me. I asked, you know, I was going to pretty much ask her, um, you know, uh, their role um, in the community and how they um, cater to the LGBT community and what things that we should look for, like, you know, because I know they have a couple things that they're trying to fight for right now. And it was just like her whole tone was condescending, and she was like, well, you know, you were there, Michael. You 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 knew what she was saying. She was. It was just like she didn't want to be bothered with us. And let me tell you something. One, you know, and I and I started to take it there with her, but I I, I just I you know I didn't want to go there with her. But one thing about it is, and her name was Joanna Blotner, and um, you know, and she was there representing which agency? The Human Rights Campaign. Yep, HRC, and and she she was there representing. And the woman gave me this card, so I'm assuming this is her her name, you know. So, you know, and it was just like she didn't want to talk to us. She refused to comment. She refused to. Um, and for the public's knowledge, the very questions we were going to ask, like you said, was 
you know, what are you guys doing out here with the organization? And how can we how, get involved? Are you enjoying the Pride event? You know, have you seen a good turnout of people with interest? You know, it was nothing but positive questions, giving them a chance to promote themselves. And I really hope that she doesn't reflect the actual demeanor of the HRC. Because I will be getting in contact with her uh, agency because I just didn't like the whole tone and vibe that she was giving out. And that's why I was saying, you know, one thing about me is it's like I'm not a joke. You know, I've interviewed people far more important than, sh- than she. And, and, and the thing about it is it's like, um, like she just really rubbed me the wrong way. She really did. You know, it's it's kind of funny. You can come out and talk and laugh and joke with people about all this other bull crap. Right, you're out there talk, really trying to, talking to the public anyway. You know, yeah. why couldn't she take two minutes? It probably would have taken all, all of two or three she minutes. Said, well, you can go talk to the volunteers because they can, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, like they, like, you know, like she was giving me a, 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 a second class remedy. You know what I'm saying? And I just I didn't appreciate it. I really didn't appreciate it. I just I didn't like the vibe. I didn't like how she really came off. And I'm like, you know, but you want people to come out here and support your campaign and your movement, but you can't support other people. I I don't get that. That's the problem with the, the gay community at large because we don't want to um support each other. Right. And you know, the HRC, they have done a lot of good work over the years, and I really hope that she is not truly representing the demeanor of that organization, which is, you know, supposed to be a very beneficial organization. Right. Uh, but time will tell on that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so. I don't know. That's pretty much the oversight and overview of um, Pride. And I might, you know, um, do a part two of this because I know um, James, we were supposed to do part one on Monday, but I kind of postponed that. One Um, other, but if I got a couple minutes here, I could bring up Indy Star was talking about this year's Pride event, and they had an article on there. I think it was on in Sunday. Sunday's edition about it being a big turnout, a big event, and big numbers, big explosion of people showing up. I didn't see this myself compared to last year. However, no. in the article, it was comparing it to 2005's turnout. Yeah, if you're going to compare 2011 to 2005, it has grown, and it has grown by leaps and bounds since then. But I don't think even 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 this year, even though it's dropped, I mean, it's considerably, yeah, I, uh, considerably bigger than 2005. And I really was kind of disappointed that they rep. I mean, I'm glad they said you know it's getting bigger, and I'm hoping you know glad to see that there's a representation for a pride event. But really, you kind of, it's like they kind of I felt they skated the numbers. I really felt mm-hmm. that they. Skated the numbers to their own literary advantage, I guess. But that was my opinion, because I'm sure that it wasn't as big as it was last year. But you know what I've heard, you know, 
you know, speaking from different people, a lot of people feel that it wasn't as busy this year. And I it just seemed like it, I mean, as far as, like, when, you know, when we, when we first got down there, it was kind of early. You know, a lot of people were walking around, um, you know, the sidewalk area. But, like, in the field itself, it was just, it was really not kind of empty. Full. Yeah. And the thing, and, and even the entertainment this year, the entertainment was just, it was, it was, I didn't really see a lot of diversity. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, and I, and I'm, and I'm saying this, and this is just my opinion. Um, the entertainment, there was no diversity in the entertainment. I don't feel, um, and I was there until three. So I saw a lot, um, a little past three actually. So I, I know what I'm talking about. Like I didn't see even the drag show. I didn't see diversity in that. I didn't see any color in that. I, I didn't see any color in the show. Like you know the you know the different groups and stuff like that. Um, it just wasn't to me wasn't diverse. And to me that goes again what Pride was saying when they came on our show a couple months ago. And I'm I, and I'm holding them up to what they said. If you're going to come to our community and say that you're going to be diverse and you want the only diversity you're talking about is short and tall, fat and skinny. That's the only diversity you're talking about. But as far as color is concerned, um, ethnicity, um, you know, I didn't see it. I'm sorry. That's just, to me, I did not see that diversity. I'm sorry. You know, I, um, the I, one plus that opinion. I would give to diversity was in a few of the floats in the parade, one float in particular that I didn't even know uh, was a float for a club uh, 45 degrees. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I did, did some research on that. That, that is, because I was talking to DeAndre earlier today, she said that that is um, a gay establishment. I was not aware of this, but they had a very diverse group of guys on their float. And that was one of the nicer floats, I thought, as far as a float for a actual gay organization, which <clears throat> at the time I didn't even know that it was. But I think that one had the best one out there, really, as far as a diverse group of people representing that organization or that establishment. I thought I was rather impressed with that myself. As compared to some of the other ones that were out there. Wow. So about how long did the the actual parade last? Uh, Man, I'm going to, and I'm taking a shot in the dark here, close to an hour. But as they, I was on the downside of the judges booth. And you know the different little organizations like the band or... The, any of the different little organizations that were right. doing, like, performances, they had to stop for the judges to perform for the judges, and I understand that, but that caused very big gaps in the parade. And from my vantage point, I wasn't terribly far from the judges' booth, but there was big enough gaps in there that at two points, people thought it was over and started walking away. So educated guests, I'd say 45 minutes, Approximately, maybe close to an hour, would be my guess. Yeah. But 
Ooh, it's 12 a.m. I didn't realize the time that went by so quick. We were just sitting here just just talking away. Um, you think we should come back and um, finish this up? I think we could do later that. Later on this week? I think yeah, so. Cause I, I, yeah, because there was a few more things I wanted to hit on and stuff like that. And um, I'm hoping to um, get a couple more guests on um, later on this week and uh, to, to continue this because I have a couple more topics that I wanted to hit on too with pertaining to um, Indie Pride and um, as far as um, the issues that are you know that that are going on you know within that organization and um, the community in general so um, keep it locked out. I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on when we're going to do that show. I'm hope, hoping to do it either Thursday or uh, possibly next week. So um, we want to thank everybody once again for tuning in. Um, we we appreciate your support. Um, as always, I want to thank Michael for coming in and helping me host this show. And um just want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in because I know you guys don't have to. Um, you know, so, you know, just keep on listening. I really appreciate the people that have came up to me and told me that they've listened to the show. Um, and I'm I'm always up for feedback, you know, respectful dialogue. So I don't know, you got anything else to say before we close out? No, I think that pretty well covers it. All right, well, we will talk to you soon. All right, good night, guys. All right, good night.